أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ربي اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري واحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedu'uz-Zaman Sa'id Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. In this episode, inshallah, we will continue reading the 10th word. We have been alternating between the 10th word and some other treaties, basically the 20th flash and then the 27th word for a while. But having come, having come close to the end of the 10th word, I want to push forward and finish, inshallah. When I say close to, we still have several weeks to go, but we are much closer to the end than the beginning at this point. After the 10th word, Ustad Nursi has placed an extension to the 10th word, which is actually the ninth ray, the uh, ninth treatise of the book, the race, Shu'alar. It is placed here because of the relevance of its content. Uh, once we come to that point, I would like to then move on to the 11th word and alternate between the 11th word and the ninth ray, inshallah. But until the end of the 10th word, which is we are right now reading the ninth truth and we have 12 truths and then there is a, an, uh, a conclusion at the end. Until that point, inshallah, we will continue reading the 10th word only. The 10th word, as those who have been listening to this podcast know, is about the verity reality of life after death, bodily resurrection, and the hereafter. It provides logical, rational evidence for this phenomenon. It has three main parts. The first part was a representational story. We read through that. The second part was an introduction that highlighted uh, the meanings of some of the themes of that representational story in reality. And the third part is an analysis of reality as reality is. An analysis of the creation, what we see in the creation and what the creation means. In each of the 12 truths of this treatise, Ustad Nursi says, this is the gate of this phenomenon that we see in the cosmos, in observable reality. And that is a reflection of this or these names of God and from that we learn something about our Lord the one who has created us and who sustains this reality this cosmos and then we ask so a Lord who has these attributes 
What do we expect from him when we depart this world? Can this world be the be all and all? Is death annihilation? Or is there something beyond that? What do we expect from the Lord which we just learned about by observing the creation and importantly under the guidance of the Quran? So we will do the same thing in the ninth truth. Bismillah. Dokuzuncu hakikat. The ninth truth. Bab ihya ve imatedir. This is the gate of giving life and giving death. İsmi hayy kayyumun muhyi ve mumitin cilvesidir. It is the reflection of the names, the living, al-hayy, the sustainer, al-kayyum, and the giver of life, the muhyi, al-muhyi, and the giver of death, al-mumit. This is everything that is to come in one sentence. And if we understand it, if we uh, internalize what is in it, what is to come is going to unfold in an easier and probably more illuminating way. This is the gate of giving life and giving death. That's what we observe in the cosmos. Now we are focusing on living objects. It is a reflection of the names, the living, the sustainer, the giver of life and the giver of death. Al-Hayy, Al-Qayyum, Al-Muhyi, and Al-Mumit. Hech mümkün müdür ki? Again, those who have been listening to this podcast will, by now, know that we start uh, these treatises with this formulaic expression. Is it at all possible? And that sets a, a logical argumentation, the patterns of a logical argumentation for we ask, is it at all possible? Is something at all possible? And if the answer is, no, it is not possible, it is impossible, the opposite of that is going to be necessary. Because if something is impossible, the opposite of it becomes necessary. For instance, if the existence of something is impossible, that it does not exist becomes necessary. Or if the non-existence of something is impossible, that it exists becomes necessary. So again, hiç mümkün müdür ki? Is it at all possible? Ölmüş, kurumuş, koca arzı ihya eden ve o ihya içinde her biri beşer haşri gibi acib 300 binden ziyade enva-ı mahlukatı haşr ve neşredip kudretini gösteren ve o haşr ve neşr içinde Nihayet derecede karışık ve ihtilat içinde nihayet derecede imtiyaz ve tefrik ile ihatai ilmiyesini gösteren ve bütün semavi fermanlarıyla beşerin haşrini vaat etmekle bütün ibadının enzarını saadet-i ebediyeye çeviren ve bütün mevcudatı baş başa omuz omuza el ele verdirip emir ve iradesi dairesinde döndürüp birbirine yardımcı ve musahhar kılmakla azamet-i rububiyetini gösteren ve beşeri şecere-i kainatın en cami ve en nazik ve en nazenin en nazdar, en niyazdar bir meyvesi yaratıp kendine muhatap ittihaz ederek her şeyi ona musahhar kılmakla insana bu kadar ehemmiyet verdiğini gösteren bir kadir-i rahim, bir alim-i hakim kıyameti getirmesin, 
haşrı yapmasın veya ve yapamasın, beşeri ihya etmesin veya edemesin, mahkeme-i kübrayı açamasın, cennet ve cehennemi yaratamasın, haşa ve kella. Now this was a very long sentence and uh, I did not want to stop in the middle because it is a very long sentence and it, it makes sense as a whole. But we are going to try to parse through it and understand what it means, inshallah. Is it at all possible that a merciful, all-powerful one and an all-wise, all-knower who gives life to the entire earth? Now here, we are going to add descriptors to this. A merciful, all-powerful one and an all-wise, all-knower. Who does this? Who does that? Who does this? Who does that? The things that we, we observe that the merciful, all-powerful, all-wise, all-knower is doing in the universe. We observe these things and at the end we will ask, is it at all possible that he will not bring about the rising, Qiyama, the, uh, the, the last day, will not and cannot create the resurrection, will not or cannot give life to mankind, will not be able to establish the Supreme Court and will not be able to create the paradise and hell. So this is what we will ask. But first, again, we need to establish what we mean when we refer to the one about whom we are asking this question. What we mean by God in terms of what we see him already doing. Because what somebody does is an indication of what he will or he can do. If I see a person, let's say, making a chair, if I observe the person take the wood and cut it and put it together and make a chair, let's say within two hours, and the chair is perfect and masterful, and I see that the person is not hesitating as he does it, he is doing it like quickly, smoothly, beautifully, without waste, then I, I, I know that this person is able to make another chair. I say, yes, this person, is able to make another chair and he tells me i'm going to make another one i say okay he, he will make another one so this is what we are trying to get to is it at all possible that a merciful all-powerful one and an all-wise all-knower now again these names are important many of them are already covered in the previous truths which means that these are building upon the previous ones so to have a and even better understanding of what is to come, it probably makes more sense to uh, read the earlier truths or listen to them from our earlier episodes of the 10th word. A merciful one whose mercy we observe in the cosmos and all powerful, we know that he is able to do everything. He is capable of doing everything. He has unlimited power. And all wise, he does everything with wisdom. He does not do things in a futile way. He gives purpose to what he does. An all-knower, and he knows everything. He knows the past, he knows now, he knows the future, he knows the connections between things, he knows the relations between things, he knows what he's able to do, he knows what man is created for. So, he, 
the merciful, all-powerful one and all-wise, all-knower, is at all possible that he who gives life to the entire earth when it is dead and dry. So we are talking about the rising, the resurrection, right? Is there, a, is there a precedent for that? Yes, he is the one who gives life to the entire earth when it is dead and dry. When? When the spring comes every year. We will detail this and we talked about it before. When the spring comes every year, the earth that is dead and dry, the trees are all desiccated, the, the leaves have fallen, it's like a piece of dry wood, the earth barren, nothing on it, just earth, and especially if it is really cold, it's hard, dry, and then the spring comes and life springs forth. That's why we call it spring. Who gives life to the entire earth when it is dead and dry. So he does it here. Who demonstrates his power within that resurrection by resurrecting and dispersing more than 300,000 species of creation. Each one of them as amazing as the resurrection of humans. Here we should emphasize once again that Ustad Nursi is referring to the scientific knowledge of his time. At that time, the biologists thought that there were something around 300,000 300, species in the world. And here, the purpose is not to identify how many uh, species are there out there in the creation specifically. The point is that there is a lot. There's mind-bogglingly a lot. And the one who, when the spring comes, brings forth all of them in the forms that their species belong to, with the purposes, functions, interactions, relations that their species are attributed with, without mixing up, and who creates all of them. Each species, like think of fruit flies, how many billions of fruit flies must there be all around the world throughout a year? How many locusts? How many um, amoeba? How many bacterias? How, how many mites that live on our skins and on the on the in in the carpets and so on and so forth? Those that, that think about that microscopic world. How many resurrections are taking place every day in that microscopic world? And think about, let's say, the ants, the butterflies. How all those insects and millions and billions of them, ladybugs and all sorts of bugs that I won't be able to name here. How in every spring, they are experiencing a resurrection, which is very similar to the resurrection of human beings that is promised as amazing as the resurrection of humans. Yes, he is demonstrating that he has the power to do this because he is showing us by doing it again and again, every year. And if we go to, to that microscopic world, perhaps every hour, every moment, who demonstrates the all-encompassing reach of his knowledge in that resurrection and dispersal through utmost distinction and differentiation within utmost mixing up and intermingling. They're all mixed up, they're all together. The eggs are all hidden under the same leaves or the you know same earth, wherever they are hidden. The seeds, they all fall into the same earth. The earth doesn't know the distinctions of the species that each of those seeds are representing. 
and the seeds themselves do not have any power to do anything something is happening these interactions are taking place but how how that we observe it taking place again and again causes us to become familiar with it and forget the miraculousness of what is going on we just give them names the, the force of gravity when you drop a thing it falls we give it name it's, we say we say gravity and then we assume that because we gave it a name we explain what is going on but we did not explain what is going on what is gravity what is it that is taking place between that object that is being attracted to the earth and the earth especially when you think about this in the space there appears to be space between the stars and earth there appears to be space between the earth and the and the sun we do not see any string extending from the sun to the earth the way one would imagine a sling right the example will come here it is as if somebody is holding a sling in his hand and revolving it or turning it around but there is no string between the sun and the earth so what is going on there he is showing he is showing us his power and also going back to the example of those seeds and and eggs in the earth they are all put into the same earth and they all come in distinct ways whoever is doing this knows all of the all of the properties of each of those species that are each packed into those seeds and he is doing this all at once billions and billions of them he has power and he has knowledge he doesn't mix up his knowledge is absolute unlimited he that he knows how the the uh, a, a wheat grain is going to sprout and come out in that field does not preventing him from also knowing how the oat grain is going to sprout and come out or that he knows how a particular wheat grain is going to sprout and come out does not prevent him from simultaneously attending to the sprouting of perhaps 10,000 other grains that are spread on the same farm field his knowledge is absolute he knows all of them one by one each species and each individual in each species his knowledge is absolute so how can we then assume that with so much knowledge he will not be able to know the properties and the material that belong to each and each human being to give it back to them at the time of resurrection he knows who directs the sights of all all of his slaves to eternal felicity by promising the resurrection of humans in all of his heavenly decrees now he has the power he has the knowledge and he says that he will do it why would he not do it it does not make sense to think that he will not do it because again he has the power he has the knowledge he, and he says that he has the will he will do it and he has no reason to lie he has no reason to lie how do we know that he says he will do it all the heavenly decrees decrees and of course to, all of these are a summary and repetition of much of the information that was detailed and detailed in the earlier truths therefore we, we, will, we will not go into too much detail here but in the eighth truth 
be explained this. He is promising it. If he is promising it and he has the power and knowledge and there is no reason for him not to do it, it makes perfect sense to assume and act accordingly that he will do it. Who demonstrates the tremendousness of his lordship by causing all existing existent beings revolve head to head, shoulder to shoulder, and hand in hand within the circle of his command, and circle of his command and will, and by making them helpers to each other and subjugating them to one another. He is the Lord. He is the nurturing master. He is the caretaker, and he is demonstrating the tremendousness of his attribute of being the nurturing master being the lord he is demonstrating his lordship in this amazing way by making everything a helper to everything else and that again points to his power and that he is the lord of everything also means that he is our lord too we are in his care we are in his care and all those aspects of the human nature that we talked about before that demand that aspire for that crave for eternity those all go to him he is our lord he is our caretaker he is merciful he is merciful and this is what we need he has the power and he says he will give it then he will give it who shows how much importance he gives to man by creating him as the most comprehensive, most delicate, most subtle, most pampered, and most supplicant fruit of the tree of cosmos, and by accepting him as his addressee and subjugating everything to him. Of course, when we talk about resurrection in the hereafter, the first thing that comes to our minds is the resurrection of human beings. If he is showing this act of resurrection again and again in so many different contexts, and if he is so merciful, and if he has the power, if he has the knowledge, when it comes to human beings who evidently, as we studied before, are the fruit of creation, are, as it is mentioned here, are his most delicate, most subtle, most pampered, and most supplicant slaves the ones that to whom he has given so much importance and attention will he let that go to waste he will not he will not let that go to waste so he who does all of this of course can we can we assume that he will not bring about the rising is it at all possible that he will not bring about the rising qiyama the end of times and then and then the the rising of um, human beings the, the the bodies coming back together the spirits being um, put back in the bodies and everybody rising from their graves and then moving on to the the gathering place is it at all possible that he will not bring about the rising will not and cannot create a resurrection will not or cannot give life to mankind will not be able to establish the supreme court and will not be able to create the paradise and hell hold all of these together 
in the mind and ask this question, the necessary answer to this question is, God forbid, no, never. It is not possible that he will not do this while he has the power, he has the knowledge, he promised. And the ones that he promised to are so important to him and they need it so much. That is not possible. Evet, şu alemin mutasarrıfı zişanı her asırda, her senede, her günde, bu dar, muvakkat ruh-i zeminde, haşr-ı ekberin ve meydan-ı kıyametin pek çok emsalini ve numunelerini ve işaratını icat ediyor. Now we are going to detail this, all of this, a little bit. Yes, every day, every year and in every century, the glorious disposer of this realm is bringing into existence many similitudes, examples and indicators of the great resurrection and the arena of rising on this narrow and temporary face of the earth. On this temporary narrow face of the earth, he is showing us many similitudes, examples and indicators of the great resurrection and the arena of rising. The surface of the earth is this Maidan Mahshar, arena of rising. And he said, every day, every year, every century, the year part we talked about it in the spring. But imagine what happens every night when the sun sets and dark, darkness descends. How the world disappears from sight. How all those creatures or most of those creatures go to sleep. And sleep is half death. For human beings, the spirit leaves the body during sleep. It is like half death. And then when the sun rises, they all wake up, the spirits return to bodies, that which was cast into oblivion in darkness comes back into existence. So there is a resurrection in every morning. And in the spring we talked about, and then in every century, think about the generations. Humanity, there is a generation, on hu generation of humans, and then they all die. But in their place, they leave a new generation. And while the, the old men and women of the first generation disappeared, there comes forth the second generation. And they also become old men and women. And then young men and women. This is happening all the time. Resurrection is happening all the time. Here and now. Here and now. It is happening. Ez cümle, Haşri Bahari'de görüyoruz ki, 5-6 gün zarfında küçük ve büyük hayvanat ve nebatattan 300 binden ziyade envaı haşredip neşrediyor. In that regard, for example, we see in the resurrection of the spring that within 5-6 to six days, he is resurrecting and dispersing more than 300,000 species of small and big animals. Bütün ağaçların, otların köklerini ve bir kısım hayvanları aynen ihya edip iade ediyor. 
He is giving life to the roots of all trees and plants and to some animals and returning them in the same way that they were. We talked about this before. There is no complete sameness. There is no complete identicality um, in, in the creation. Everything in every moment is created anew and it is not identical to what was there before in terms of its entity and sometimes in terms of some of its properties. But sometimes it is so similar that it is as if it is identical, like the roots of some of trees. It changes very little from year to year. The roots, the bulbs, for instance, the, the flower bulbs, they stay there. But then for some others, they sameness aspect is not there because the plant disappears altogether there's only a tiny little seed that is left there and then from that seed almost the same thing will come back and that's the next sentence başkalarını aynıyet derecesinde bir misliyet suretinde icat ediyor and he is bringing others into existence in a form of similitude that reaches the level of sameness ants for instance in the winter they disappear Many of them die, but they leave their eggs behind. And the next year, new ants come out of those eggs. And they look like and act like their ancestors. Almost the same. Almost the same. In the case of the tree, the, the roots of the tree uh, or the bulbs of some of the flowers or other roots that stay under the ground, the entity of the thing is continues to be there. But what comes out of that is new. But the roots are almost the same thing. When it comes to the the ants, those who die and are renewed with the next generation, the ants disappear. They they mix into soil, and you know something eats them. They they disappear from sight. But from the eggs, something so similar to the previous ants comes out. So similar that it is almost as if it is the same. Which means that the one who made the first one knows how it was made and knows how to make it again, has the power to do that and now does it. That is resurrection. That is how human beings are going to be resurrected. Halbuki maddeten farkları pek az olan tohumcuklar o kadar karışmışken kemali imtiyaz ve teşhis ile o kadar sürat ve vüsat ve suhulet içinde Kemale intizam ve mizan ile 6 gün veya 6 hafta zarfında ihya ediliyor. It is such that while the seeds that are only slightly different from one another in material terms, right, they are slightly different from one another in material terms. Take one wheat grain and then take another wheat grain. Perhaps one is going to be a micron of micron bigger than the other one. It's going to be, uh, you know, curved a little bit more here, curved a little bit less there. Right? In material terms, they are slightly different from one another. Only slightly different from one another in material terms are so mixed up. And they're all mixed up. You throw them into the earth. They are being brought to life with perfect distinction and personalization. We don't confuse one wheat stalk with the other wheat stalk. Or if you think of two different plants growing 
side by side. Let's take a tomato plant and a pepper plant. The seeds, slightly different, but more or less similar. We plant them in the same earth, same soil. They, they, they come out in the spring and then the tomato plant grows like a tomato plant and the pepper plant grows like a pepper plant. They are both uh, taking their nutrition from the same soil. They are both under the same sun. They are both uh, in the same atmosphere. But one becomes tomato, the other becomes pepper. The one who created them knows how a tomato looks knows the form of the tomato and knows the form of the pepper has the knowledge of that and has the power to make one the tomato and the other the pepper it is such that while the seeds that are only slightly different from one another in material terms are so mixed up they are being brought to life with perfect distinction and personalization and not only that this is happening in such a speed on such a wide scale and with so much ease, with perfect orderliness and proportionality, the pepper plant has a certain um, size. If it were to grow beyond that size, it would be abnormal and would probably not be able to hold its weight. But it grows to that particular size and stops. There's a balance that applies to the pepper plant and there's a balance that applies to the tomato plant and it grows to that size and stops it grows up to a certain point and keeps shooting leaves when it accumulates enough leaves in order to uh, produce uh, the necessary nutrition for its fruits it starts to bloom and give flowers and then it start, keeps sending nutrition to those flowers and then from there there come out the fruit so there's a proportion here there needs to be a certain number of and a certain surface of leaves for a certain number of tomatoes tomato fruits to come out to to to grow out of that plant and that is maintained year in year out across centuries across years across time somebody is maintaining it somebody must be maintaining it in such a speed on such a wide scale and with so much ease the spring comes within a few days Ustad Nursi says here six days to six weeks one probably applies to plants the other probably applies to animals but it doesn't have to be with perfect orderliness and proportionality in such a small time it, it, it is as if for the one who is watching this it appears to be easy because we see it every year it appears to be easy but imagine this imagine that you lived your entire life on a different planet somewhere in the space and in that planet there were no plants people <laughs> we are imagining that you are still a human being um, people the the nutrition that they needed they ate uh, certain types of soil and that soil contained the nutrition that they needed so imagine that on this planet 
there are no plants people eat types of earth soil and they survive there might be other things rocks there is a landscape of rocks for instance imagine that this person you are put on a spaceship brought to earth at the beginning of spring or, or right before spring and, and you are put in a place where the, the land is barren there are trees but no leaves on the trees there are all these entangled looking long dry hard objects the tree uh, stumps and their branches and the earth is barren there are rocks similar to your planet and there is soil similar to your planet but no plants but what you do not know is that those trees have this ability to to to live and in that earth is so many eggs and seeds that are going to come out when the spring comes but you are now there at the end of winter and there is no no sign of life and then one day you go to to sleep in the morning you wake up and all of a sudden you see that there are these green things that are shooting out of the soil and then there are these little green buds that are appearing on the trees this is amazing this was not here yesterday and it just came and then the next day they keep they become bigger the next day they become even bigger and within a few days all the trees are filled with leaves and they are beautiful and they are functional and then flowers are blooming from the ground and then you see these little animals moving around everywhere wherever you put your hand there is there is life wouldn't that be amazing we need to reconnect to this sense of amazement losing it is a big problem that is why we get bored if you were to reconnect to this sense of amazement not only would our contemplation of the of god's creation not only our reflection upon the creation of god become so much more fruitful in terms of the knowledge that it yields in terms of it bringing us closer to a knowledge of our lord but also we would not get bored at all when the spring comes all those things that are mixed up are being brought to life with perfect distinction and personalization in such a speed on such a wide scale and with so much ease with perfect orderliness and proportionality within six days to six weeks there must be someone who is giving life to them and he is showing us showing us his power to give life he is the muhi the life giver the giver of life and at the end of of fall when when the winter comes he will also show us that he is the mumit the giver of death 
he is the giver of life he is the giver of death and when he gives death if he is promising that he will give life again he will give life again because we see that he is capable of doing it he is perfectly capable of doing it hiç kabil midir ki bu işleri yapan zata bir şey ağır gelebilsin semavat ve arzı altı günde halk edemesin insanı bir sayha ile haşredemesin haşa ne We see all of this, then we ask, is it at all possible, conceivable, that anything will be heavy for the holy entity who does, does these things? That he will not be able to create the heavens and the earth in six days and resurrect man with a single blast? Is that all possible? Is it at all conceivable that we will think that the one who did all of this He will not be able to create the heavens and the earth in six days. Who, who, who did it in six days in front of us? And resurrect man with a single blast. Why six days? Because that is what we know uh, from the Quran that, that, that, that the um, cosmos was created in six days or pe perhaps six stages. And when we say days here, we are not referring to six 24-hour time periods because that's an earth day. If you were to go to Jupiter, this 24-hour time period that we have marked on our clocks would become meaningless because the Jupiter day is much different, right? So six days, six stages. Is it at all conceivable that he will not be able to do that? And since he promised, is it at all conceivable that he will not do that? The answer is Hasha. God forbid, never. We cannot even think about that. We do not want. To, we do not even want to go there. He will. He can, and he will. Acaba, mojiz numa bir katip bulunsa, hurufları ya bozulmuş veya mahvolmuş, 300 bin kitabı, tek bir sahifede, karıştırmaksızın, galatsız, sehifsiz, noksansız. Hepsini beraber gayet güzel bir surette bir saatte yazarsa birisi sana dese şu katip kendi telif ettiği senin suya düşmüş olan kitabını yeniden bir dakika zarfında hafızasından yazacak. Sen diyebilir misin ki yapamaz ve inanma. If a miracle working scribe wrote 300,000 books whose letters had been distorted and obliterated. So 300,000 books, but these books used to be there before. By the time that we are observing this, their letters have been distorted and obliterated. So they are like blank pages. We don't see anything and nothing is legible. But a miracle working scribe writes them on a single page, 300,000 books. But he is a miracle worker. He writes all of them on a single page. Not only that, within an hour, without mixing them up. We would think like the pages of 300,000 books, he puts all of them on one page and he does not mix them up with no mistakes. That crowdedness does not cause him to make any mistakes, no typos. And no missing parts. 
and all together, all of them together, and with uttermost beauty. You see this, you're amazed. Then someone tells you, this scribe will write your book which he had authored himself and which had fallen in water and knew. You had a book, but it had fallen into water. And the scribe is actually the author of that book. Not only the scribe, but author of that book. He had written it. He had authored it. And he, you just saw that he is able to write 300,000 books on a single page without any mistakes in one hour. Perfect beauty. And you know your friend tells you that don't worry. The book that you dropped in water, therefore its letters are distorted. Right? Don't worry. He will write it for you again. And he will do so within a minute. And he will do so from his memory. Because, you know, he is, he's, a, he's a miracle worker. He is able to do all of this. And he has, you know, he has enormous knowledge. He will not forget. And he has the power. He will write it in a minute from memory. Don't worry. It's easy. Can you respond saying, he cannot do it. I don't believe. Can you do this? He cannot do it. I don't believe it. Imagine the arrogance in such a response. And imagine the ignorance in such a response. Imagine the intentional withholding of an acknowledgement of truth in that response. Veyahut bir sultanı mucizekar. Kendi iktidarını göstermek için veya ibret ve tenezzüh için bir işaretle dağları kaldırır, memleketleri tebdil eder. Denizi karaya çevirdiğini gördüğün halde sonra görsen ki büyük bir taş dereye yuvarlanmış. O zatın kendi ziyafetine davet ettiği misafirlerin yolunu kesmiş. Geçemiyorlar. Biri sana dese o zat bir işaretle o taşı ne kadar büyük olursa olsun kaldıracak veya dağıtacak. Misafirlerini yolda bırakmayacak. Sen de sen ki kaldırmaz veya kaldıramaz. Or if you see that a miraculous sultan lifts mountains by pointing to them once in order to show his capability, power, to make an example out of it, or for spectacle, he replaces countries with others, turns the sea into land, then you see that a large boulder has fallen into a valley and blocked the path of, of that person's guests whom he had invited to his feast. Therefore, they cannot proceed. And somebody tells you, that person will lift that boulder by pointing to it and cause it to disintegrate, no matter how big it is. He will not leave his guests stranded on the path. Then if you say, he will not lift it, he cannot lift it. Imagine this. The Sultan, you saw he lifts mountains. He changes, transforms countries. He obliterates a country, brings about another one, turns the sea into land, the land into sea. He does all of this. And there's one large boulder falling into a valley. The guests are stranded on the path. They cannot proceed. And somebody comes and says, the person knows. He's, he's coming. He's going to remove this thing from here. And he says, no, he will not lift it. He cannot do it. 
Imagine this. Veyahut bir zat bir günde yeniden büyük bir orduyu teşkil ettiği halde biri dese o zat bir boru sesiyle efradı istirahat için dağılmış olan taburları toplar, taburlar nizamı altına girerler. Sen desen ki inanmam. Ne kadar divanece hareket ettiğini anlarsın. Or, this is continuing from the previous example. Or, if a person puts together a huge army without precedence within one day. So there was no army. There was no example for the army. Nobody perhaps knew what an army is, but in one day, without precedence, he puts together a huge army. You see it. And someone says, with one blast from a trumpet, that person summons battalions, the soldiers of which are dispersed for rest, back together. So now the army is in place, but after some training, the soldiers are told, okay, just disperse, go around, take your rest, rest for a while. When you are needed again, we will call you back. And we will call you back by blasting this trumpet. And then someone says, with one blast from a trumpet, that person summons battalions, the soldiers of which are dispersed for rest, back together, and the battalions enter under his rule. Makes sense, right? He was able to make an entire army from nothing. The army exists and they just need to be called back. Then you say, I don't believe you will understand how nonsensically you would be behaving. If you said that the Sultan, that miraculous Sultan cannot lift the boulder uh, or have it disintegrate. Or if you say that this person who can put together an army from nothing cannot call his soldiers back with the blast of a trumpet. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? If you, if you answered these questions, no, he cannot, no, he will not. You would be giving a crazy response, wouldn't you? And of course, again, I'm addressing my, my compulsive soul here, my lower compulsive soul here. Think about it, think carefully, use your intellect. This is what the intellect entails. This is what makes sense. This is what the heart demands. And it is only that evil commanding soul, that compulsive evil commanding soul, that is preventing us from having full conviction that it is the case. But it is the case. We don't necessarily necessarily um, realize it, realize the reality of it. We acknowledge it at the level of knowledge, but we don't necessarily always realize the real reality of it. Sometimes it dawns on us momentarily it dawns us us more when we are older and closer to the grave when it is more imminent but especially when we are young everything is going well it the reality of it does not does not fully fully hit us but we need to think about this carefully we need to go over these exercises of convincing our evil commanding soul one should not say I already believe this. Why do I have to go through all these demonstrations? Demonstrations in a logical sense. In, in, in all, why do I have to listen to the, all of these argumentations and proofs? 
Well, the reality is that we don't always realize the reality of it. If we realize the reality of it, we would be we would be like the companions of the Prophet who realized it. And the later generations, those who saw them, would tell the later generations who did not see them that if you saw them, you would think they were crazy. You would think that they were mad. By your standards, you would think that they were mad. But they had arranged all their affairs, all their thoughts, all their states in such a way, in, in aligned everything in such a way with the existence of the hereafter and, the, and, and that eventual inescapable, inevitable tribunal. And what is to come after that? That for those who acknowledge that as, just as a piece of information and move on, continue their lives in this world as if they are going to remain here forever, the states of the companions may, may look feel to us as if they were mad but they were not mad we are the ones we are the ones who are mad we are the ones who are not realizing reality as reality is may god help us realize reality as reality is as in the uh, supplication dua that we make before each of these classes may he bless us with seeing reality as reality is and following what it entails Amin. İşte şu üç temsili fehmettin ise bak. Now, these are of course all representational stories, but they set a pattern of thought in our minds and Ustad Nursi will now move on to the reality of that. İşte şu üç temsili fehmettin ise bak. Thus if you understood these three representations, look, look, listen now. Nakkaş ezeli, gözümüzün önünde, kışın beyaz sahifesini çevirip bahar ve yaz, yeşil yaprağını açıp, rüya arzın sahifesinde 300 binden ziyade envaı, kudret ve kader kalemiyle ahseni suret üzere yazar. The eternal embroiderer, who is the eternal embroiderer? God. Why embroiderer? Embroiderer or engraver, we can use either. Like someone, Nakash is someone who engraves uh, intricate motifs and forms. And everything in the creation is an intricate form. Look at that butterfly and look at that ant and look at that tree and look at that bush and look at that flower and look at the sky everything and a subtle point about this is that everything in the creation are manifestations of god's names or that everything in the creation manifest god's names and attributes for instance a lily flower manifests god's names many names the razak and mahi and the provider the giver of life and especially that Al-Jamil, the beautiful. So a lily flower is a manifestation of, let's take one of them, God's name, the beautiful. And then every lily flower, each and every lily flower is a manifestation of God's name, 
the beautiful. But then each lily flower is a little different from the other. So that's what we, or that is one of the ways we can understand the, the word al-naqash, the engraver or the, or the embroiderer. The one who manifests his names in these subtle with these subtle differences and shows all aspects of his his names in their manifestations. That's the entire creation, right? So the eternal embroiderer turns the white page of the winter before our eyes, opens the green page of spring and the summer, and writes with the pen of power and divine determination more than 300,000 species again this is probably millions today in the best of forms in the best of forms birbir içinde birbirine karışmaz they are intermingled they are intermingled but they do not mix up beraber yazar birbirine mani olmaz he writes them all together but one does not prevent the other. Teşkilce, suretce birbirinden ayrı, hiç şaşırtmaz, yanlış yazmaz. They are different in their constitutions, shapes and forms, but he never, never leads them to confusion, to a state of confusion. He does not write in error. Each time he writes, he writes perfectly. Each time he writes, he leaves no room for confusion. Evet, en büyük bir ağacın ruh programını bir nokta gibi en küçük bir çekirde, çekirdekte derc edip muhafaza eden zat-ı hakim-i hafiz vefat edenlerin ruhlarını nasıl muhafaza eder denilir mi? Now, yes, think about this. An all-wise and all-preserving holy entity, God, who includes the program of the spirit of the biggest tree in a dot-like tiniest seed and preserves it there. Is it permissible even to question how he, that is, how an all-wise and all-preserving holy entity who includes the program of the spirit of the biggest tree in a dot-like tiniest seed and preserve it preserves it there is it permissible even to question how he will preserve the spirits of the deceased ones deceased human beings he is showing us he did it he just did it the information whatever it is that we need in order to reconstitute this tree and Stadnursi here refers to that as the spirit of that tree the one who can put it in a dot-like tiny speck, like the seed of a fig tree. Can you can you question that he is going to be able to do this for the deceased ones, for human beings? He is showing it. We are living in an age where science is supreme. And empiricism is the foundation of science. Empiricism and then following that experimentation. And empiricism means that we observe. We look around, we observe. And, when, and, and we uh, base our actions on the information that we attain from this observation. 
Look at this. This is empirical observation. This is empirical knowledge for you. He did it with the tree. Why, why, can, why should we assume that he cannot do it with the human being? He is doing it. He is doing it millions of times every day. He is doing it billions of times every year. And he is demonstrating that he can do it by doing it. What else do you need? What else do we need? Ve küreyi arzı bir sapan taşı gibi çeviren zatı kadir. Ahirete giden misafirlerinin yolunda nasıl bu arzı kaldıracak veya dağıtacak denilir mi? And then next question. Is it permissible to question how an all-powerful holy entity, that is God, who causes the globe of the earth spin like a pebble in a sling? Now, in the old times, the slings were different from the slingshots that we tend to know today. It would be a relatively wide uh, you know, patch of fabric or woven material. Into it, we, one would put the the, the pebble of the, or the stone and wrap it and there would be two strings coming from two edges and you would hold from the, uh, the, the, the the tip of those strings and then hurl it. Hurl it, hurl it, hurl it, hurl it. And then once you release one of the strings, the pebble would fly away and go. So, is it permissible to question how an all-powerful holy entity who causes the globe of the earth spin like a pebble in a sling will lift this earth from the path of his guests who are traveling to the hereafter or cause it to disintegrate. Now remember the example of the boulder that has fallen on the, in, the, in the valley? How can we think that the, the, the sultan who was able to lift the mountains and cause them to disintegrate would not be able to lift the boulder, right? Well, this earth is going to come to an end. It is doomed. There will be a doomsday. It will blast and, and explode. Everything will explode. But there was a time when people would say, look, the earth is so sturdy, right? It's, it's the, the thing that carries everything. How is this going to explode? How is this going to disappear? Who has the power to do that? Today we know that he is the one who is creating galaxies and exploding them and turning into black holes and supernovas and whatever. Is it permissible to ask? Is it at all permissible to question how an all-powerful holy entity who causes the globe of the earth spin like a pebble in a sling will lift this earth from the path of his guests who are traveling to the hereafter or cause it to disintegrate? Why could he not? Why would he not? If it is what prevents us from moving on, he will do it. He will destroy this earth. He will destroy this world. He will destroy this realm. And he will create a new realm. Similar to the previous one, but different. Hem hiçten, yeniden, bütün zihayatın ordularını, bütün cesetlerinin taburlarında kemali intizamla zerratı emri kun fe yakun ile kaydedip yerleştiren... Ordular icat eden Zat-ı Zülcelal, tabur misal cesedin nizamı altına girmekle birbiriyle tanışan zerrat-ı esasiye ve eczai asliyesini bir sayha ile nasıl toplayabilir denilir mi? 
Moreover, is it permissible to question how a majestic holy entity who, with the command of be and it is, kun fayakun, right? That's how God creates. That's what we know from the Quran. When God wants something, when God wills something, he says, kun, be, and it is. Is it permissible to question how he who says be and it is registers and places the particles in the battalions of all the corpses in the armies of all animate beings out of nothing? That's what we see today in, at the present in this world. Out of nothing, there comes out a baby. And then all of these elements that are in the soil move on into the plants and other animals and the baby eats them or rather the mother of the baby eats them and, and milk comes out and the milk carries that nutrition to the baby and that nutrition is somehow processed in the body and starts to become the body, the corpse of the, of the baby and the corpse keeps growing and growing and growing and become, becomes a human being almost like the battalions of various armies into which soldiers are drafted is it permissible to question how a majestic holy entity who with the command of be and it is registers and places the particles in the battalions of all the corpses in the armies of all animate beings out of nothing without precedence and with perfect orderliness can with one blast summon the fundamental particles and primary parts of a corpse that that familiarize with one another by entering under the orderly command of that battalion-like corpse. Is it permissible to question this? Is it permissible to question that he will be able to do this? No, it is not possible. It is not possible. Inshallah, we will stop here and continue our reading of the ninth truth in the... Uh, next episode and finish that and inshallah move on to the 10th subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir dawahum anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha